on to NBA Recap. Today is Tuesday, December 28th, and we had seven games on in the NBA last night, so let's get right into them. Starting off in Charlotte, the Hornets defeated the Rockets 123-99. In Atlanta, the Bulls defeated the Hawks 130-118. In Minnesota, the Timberwolves beat the Celtics 108-103. In San Antonio, the Jazz edged past the Spurs 110-104. In Phoenix, the Suns were just defeated by the Grizzlies, 114-113. In Portland, the Mavericks beat the Trailblazers, 132-117. And finally, in Los Angeles, the Nets beat the Clippers, 124-108. So we will break down all seven of those games in just a moment. But first, if you'd like to follow the show on social, we are at NBA Recap Pod, or you can just search YouTube or Smart Speakers for NBA Recap Podcast. And if you enjoy the show, consider subscribing or leaving a review. It really helps get the word out. All right, so starting off today in Charlotte, where the Hornets defeated the Rockets 123-99. to Charlotte was led by Terry Rozier. He had 27 points, and they also got double-digit scoring from five other players, including all four starters and Kelly Oubre off the bench, who had 18. Whereas the Rockets were led by Trevelyn Queen, the rookie off the bench in 29 minutes had 17 points, and they also got 16 from the two veterans in the starting lineup, Christian Wood and Eric Gordon. But unfortunately for the Rockets, they were significantly outplayed in this game. They were outscored 31-21 to in the second quarter, so it was a 14-point lead at halftime. And then the Hornets expanded upon that lead even further in the third, outscoring the Rockets 32-20. to So by the beginning of the fourth quarter, it was a commanding 26-point lead for the Hornets, and they did not relinquish that lead at all in the fourth quarter. So a comfortable win in the end for Charlotte. And unsurprisingly, they shot the ball very efficiently, 53% from the field, 43% from beyond the arc. That is incredible efficiency. And they did turn the ball over 16 times, but the Rockets, as they typically do, had a whole lot of turnovers, 21 for Houston. That is way too many. They didn't shoot the ball terribly, but it wasn't nearly good enough to contend with the Hornets. The one bright spot for Houston is that they did out-rebound the Hornets, but like I said, otherwise, this was a comfortable win for the Hornets. And so with this win, they now improved to 18-17. and 17. So they are currently in 8th in the Eastern Conference. Just behind the 76ers and Wizards in 6th and 7th, they've played two more games than those two teams, and they're three games behind the Cleveland Cavaliers in 5th. And then the Hornets are one and a half games up on the Celtics and Raptors in 9th and 10th. They have a negative 1.2 point differential, which is better than the Wizards right ahead of them, but worse than every other team in the Eastern Conference apart from the bottom two. And the Hornets are on a two-game winning streak. They're four and six in their last 10 games. And as for the Houston Rockets, this loss takes them to 10 and 24. So they are still at the bottom of the Western Conference. They are two games behind the New Orleans Pelicans in 14th. And they currently have a negative 7.8 point differential, which is now worst in the West. It is third worst in the entire league. And they are on a four-game losing streak. They're just 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. All right, so we can move on now to the box score. And the Rockets were led, as I mentioned, by Trevelyn Queen off the bench. The rookie in 29 minutes had 17 points on 6 of 13 shooting. He was 4 of 10 from the field, and he had 6 rebounds and 4 steals. So a really productive game for Trevelyn Queen, probably his best of his young NBA career. And as for the starters, they were led by the two veterans, Eric Gordon and Christian Wood, both of whom had 16 points. Wood was 5 of 9 from the field. He had two three-pointers, nine rebounds, three assists, although he was a team low, negative 18 in the plus-minus. And Gordon had three three-pointers, three assists, and one rebound. 
They also got 11 points from Armani Brooks in 35 minutes. He was 4 of 15 from the field. He had three threes, three rebounds, and four assists. Nine points for David Nwaba in 24 minutes. He was 4 of 9 from the field. He had eight rebounds, one assist, two steals. And the rookie, Josh Christopher, rounding out the starting lineup, had six points in 21 minutes. And off the bench for the Rockets, besides Trevor and Queen, they also got 11 points from another rookie, Dacian Nix. In 26 minutes, he was 5 of 8 from the field. He had 3 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3 steals. So pretty solid production there from Nix. And they also got 6 points from Daniel Tice, the backup big man. 5 points for Alperin Shingun, the rookie. He was 2 of 5 from the field. He had 6 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 blocks. And 2 points for the other rookie, Usman Garuba. In 13 minutes, he was just 1 of 4 from the field. And as for the Charlotte Hornets, they were led by Terry Rozier. In 27 minutes, Rozier had 27 points. He was a team-high plus 23 in the plus-minus. He was 10 of 17 from the field. He had seven three-pointers, four rebounds, five assists, and one steal. Incredible scoring from Rozier. They also got 16 points from Lamelo Ball and Jalen McDaniels. Ball, the sophomore, was plus 17 in the plus-minus. He was 6 of 12 from the field. He had four three-pointers, five rebounds, seven assists, and two steals. And McDaniels had three rebounds and three assists. They also got 10 points from Gordon Hayward in 29 minutes. He was 4 of 7 from the field. He had three rebounds, four assists, and three steals. And Mason Plumley, the big man rounding out the starting lineup, was perfect from the field, 7 of 7. He had 15 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and 3 blocks. So surprisingly productive game for Plumley. And off the bench for the Hornets, they got 18 from Kelly Oubre Jr. in 30 minutes. He was 6 of 12 from the field, just 1 of 7 from beyond the arc. He had 3 rebounds and 2 steals. They also got 8 points from Nick Richards in 16 minutes. He was 4 of 5 from the field. He had 1 rebound, 1 assist, and 1 block. They also got 5 points in 5 minutes from the rookie James Booknight, and 2 points from the other two rookies, JT Thor and Kai Jones. And then Ish Smith and Cody Martin rounding out the bench for the Hornets. Both shot the ball pretty inefficiently. They were a combined 1 of 10 from the field. Martin just had 1 point on 0 of 5 shooting, and Smith had 3 points on 1 of 5 shooting. All right, and next up we can move on to Atlanta, where the Hawks were defeated by the Chicago Bulls, 130-118. to The Bulls were led by DeMar DeRozan. He had 35 points and 10 assists, and they also got 30 from Zach Levine. And Nikola Vucevic chipped in with 24 points and 17 rebounds. Whereas the Hawks were led by Cam Reddish and Trey Young. Reddish had 33 points in the starting lineup, and Young had 29 and there were some noteworthy absences from both teams. The Hawks were, of course, missing DeAndre Hunter, but they were also without John Collins, Kevin Herter, Onyeka Okongwu, Danilo Gallinari, whereas the Bulls were missing Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. So shorthanded squads for both sides, but the Bulls' stars definitely shine brighter in this game, especially Levine and DeRozan with a combined 65 points. That is just incredible scoring. And so naturally, the Bulls, as a team, were very efficient as well, 54% from the field and 48% from beyond the arc. The Hawks were 44% from three, so that's not bad at all, but they were also 44% from the field, so not nearly good enough to contend with the Bulls. And the rebounds and the turnovers were pretty similar. This game was actually in control for the Hawks in the first quarter. They had outscored the Bulls 36-31, to but then the Bulls played the smackdown in the second, outscoring the Hawks 38-27. to So it was a six-point game at halftime and then the Bulls expanded upon that lead even further in the third quarter so they had a double digit lead heading into the fourth 
and despite the Hawks' best efforts to make things interesting at the beginning of the fourth quarter, DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine were just too hot. They were controlling this game late in the fourth quarter. Nikola Vucevic also had a clutch three-pointer off of a Zach Levine assist with three minutes to go. That put the Bulls up by 10, 124 to 114. And then Kobe White also had a clutch three-pointer with 119 left on the clock, but ultimately DeMar DeRozan was really controlling the game in the fourth, and he was just too good. The Hawks were never able to make any headway, and so with this win, the Bulls now improved to 21-10. and 10. So they are in second in the Eastern Conference, one and a half games behind the Brooklyn Nets in first, and one game up on the Milwaukee Bucks in third. The Bulls have a plus 3.5 point differential, which is fourth best in the conference, and the Bulls are on a four-game winning streak. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. And as for the Hawks, this loss takes them to 15-18. and 18. So they are currently in 12th, tied with the Knicks in 11th and half a game behind the Raptors and Celtics in 9th and 10th. So pretty tightly contested there at the bottom of the play-in game picture in the East. And the Hawks are one and a half games up on the Pacers in 13th. They have a plus 0.4 point differential, which is actually better than like five teams ahead of them. But they're on a two-game losing streak. They're just three and seven in their last 10 games. All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Bulls, as I mentioned, were led by DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and Nikola Vucevic. Those three incredibly combined for 89 points. DeRozan had 35 in 38 minutes. He was super efficient, 14 of 20 from the field, 2 of 2 from beyond the arc. He had 5 rebounds and 10 assists. 30 for Zach Levine in 37 minutes. He was 11 of 21 from the field. He had 5 threes, 4 rebounds, 9 assists, and 1 steal. And he was a team high, plus 18 in the plus minus. And Nikola Vucevic had 24 points, 17 rebounds, 6 assists, and 4 blocks. And he was 9 of 19 from the field. He had 4 three-pointers. So just insane scoring from those three. And then the Bulls also got 13 points from Kobe White, also in the starting lineup. He was 5 of 11 from the field. He had 4 rebounds, 2 steals. And Javante Green, rounding out the starting lineup, had 2 points and 6 rebounds. And off the bench for the Bulls, four players saw the court. All four scored. The rookie, Ayo Desunmu, played 25 minutes, and he had eight points in that time. He was four of six from the field. They also got nine points from Matt Thomas in 19 minutes, seven points from Troy Brown Jr., and two points for Tyler Cook. And as for the Hawks, they were led, as I mentioned, by Cam Reddish and Trey Young. Reddish had 33 points in 40 minutes in the starting lineup. He was red hot in this game, 11 of 23 from the field, 8 of 13 from beyond the arc. Incredible scoring for Reddish. He had 4 rebounds and 1 block. And Young had 29 points in 40 minutes. He was 8 of 23 from the field, so not quite as efficient, although he was 12 of 12 from the free throw line. And he had 1 rebound, 9 assists. They also got 20 points from Bogdan Bogdanovich in 41 minutes. He was 7 of 17 from the field. He had 4 threes, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists. 8 points for Clint Capella in 26 minutes. He had 16 rebounds, 3 assists. And Charlie Brown Jr. rounding out the starting lineup was ice cold in this game, 1 of 7 from the field. He just had 4 points, 9 rebounds, and 2 steals. And off the bench for the Hawks, they got 12 points from the backup big man, Gorgie Jang, in 22 minutes. He was 5 of 7 from the field. He had 5 rebounds, 3 assists. They also got 6 points from Skylar Mays in 17 minutes, 4 from Malcolm Hill, and 2 points for Lance Stevenson. All right, and next up we can move on to Minnesota, where the Timberwolves defeated the Boston Celtics 108-103. 
both of these teams were significantly shorthanded. There was no Carl Anthony Towns, no D'Angelo Russell, and no Anthony Edwards for the Timberwolves, and the Celtics were without Jason Tatum. So the Wolves, incredibly, without all three of their leading scorers, were able to pull out this victory thanks to 29 points from Jalen Noel off the bench, and they also got 20 from Nathan Knight in the starting lineup. Whereas the Celtics were led by Jalen Brown, he had 26 points and 10 rebounds, and they got 24 from Peyton Pritchard, the sophomore, in the starting lineup. And the Celtics were actually controlling this game from the jump. It was back and forth throughout a lot of the first half, but they had an 11-point lead by the end of the second quarter. It was 56-45. to and then they pretty much maintained that lead throughout the majority of the third quarter. But then at the end of the third, they started to slow down offensively. They were only able to manage like two points in the final three minutes of the third quarter. So the Wolves were able to cut into that deficit. It was a five-point game heading into the fourth. And then the Celtics completely capitulated in the final period. That offensive stagnation from the end of the third quarter extended into the beginning of the fourth. They were only able to score like five points in the first seven minutes of the fourth quarter. The Timberwolves capitalized, taking the lead, and actually they were leading by nine points with five minutes to go after trailing by 11 at the end of the third quarter. So an incredible turnaround heading into the final couple of minutes of this game. And although the Celtics finally snapped out of their offensive lull, they were keeping pace with the Wolves down the stretch, but it was too little too late. The Wolves had built up enough of a lead at that point that they were able to cruise to victory in the end. And you'd have to say that the shooting for the Celtics was really their downfall in this game. They were just 37% from the field. They were 34% from beyond the arc, but the Wolves were just better in both regards. They were 41% from beyond the arc and 44% from the field. So not exactly lighting the world on fire, shooting 44% from the field, the Timberwolves, but it was much better than the Celtics. And so a really disappointing loss here for Boston. Although they were missing their leading scorer in Jason Tatum and a couple of other guys like Dennis Schroeder, you would still have to say, looking at the starting lineups, considering they had Jalen Brown, that the Celtics were the more talented and far more experienced team, but the scrappy Minnesota Timberwolves, all these guys from the bench filling in in the starting lineup, just wanted it more, frankly, and so they got the victory in the end, and they now improved to 16-17, and 17. so that is good for... 8th place in the Western Conference. They're tied with the Dallas Mavericks in 7th and just half a game behind the Denver Nuggets and LA Clippers in 5th and 6th. And the Timberwolves are half a game up on the LA Lakers now in 9th and two games up on the Spurs in 10th. And Minnesota has a negative 0.4 point differential, which puts them about where they should be in the conference standings. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. And as for the Boston Celtics, this loss takes them to 16-18. and 18. So they are currently in 9th in the Eastern Conference, just ahead of the Toronto Raptors in 10th, half a game up on the Knicks and Hawks in 11th and 12th, and one and a half games behind that group of teams in 6th, 7th, and 8th, the 76ers, Wizards, and Hornets. And the Celtics have a plus 1.0 point differential, which is actually the best out of that entire group. It's actually 6th best in the entire conference, but the Celtics are on a two-game losing streak, and they're just 3-7 and seven in their last 10. All right, so moving on to the box score, and the Celtics, as I mentioned, were led by Jalen Brown. He had 26 points and 10 rebounds, but he wasn't super efficient, 8 of 24 from the field. He was 2 of 8 from beyond the arc and 8 of 13 from the free throw line. He had 4 assists and 1 block, and he was plus 11 in the plus minus. That was a team high. And the Celtics also got 24 points from Peyton Pritchard in 45 minutes. He was 8 of 22 from the field. He had 5 three-pointers, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and 1 steal. 
They got 16 points from Al Horford, the veteran, in 34 minutes, was 6 of 11 from the field and 4 of 8 from beyond the arc, and he had 9 rebounds and 6 assists with 1 steal and 1 block. He was plus 10 in the plus minus, so really solid stuff for him as well. But then Robert Williams, this is where things started to go downhill for the Celtics. He was negative 17 in the plus minus. He did have 8 points and 11 rebounds with 1 steal and 4 blocks but he had five fouls in just 22 minutes. And then Romeo Langford rounding out the starting lineup had by far the team low in terms of plus minus negative 32 in his 36 minutes on the court. He had six points on two of nine shooting. He was 0 of four from beyond the arc. He had three rebounds, three assists, four steals, and three blocks though. So despite the poor shooting and terrible plus minus, he really stuffed the stat sheet with seven combined steals and blocks. Off the bench for the Celtics, they got 15 points from Grant Williams in 28 minutes. He was 4 of 7 from the field. He had 3 three-pointers, 6 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal. They also got 3 points from Jabari Parker in 9 minutes, 3 from Sam Hauser, and 2 from Juancho Hernan Gomez. And as for the Minnesota Timberwolves, with no Carl Anthony Towns, no Anthony Edwards, and no D'Angelo Russell, they were led by Jalen Noel off the bench. Obviously, his best game of the season thus far, he had 29 points in 35 minutes. He was 10 of 18 from the field. He had six three-pointers, six rebounds, three assists, and one steal, and he was plus eight in his 35 minutes, so just incredible stuff from Noel. And as for the starters, they were led by Nathan Knight, the backup big man inserted into the starting lineup. He had a double-double in 29 minutes, 20 points and 11 rebounds, and he was very efficient, eight of 11 from the field and two of two from beyond the arc. And he also had four assists, one steal, and one block. So just fantastic performances from Knight and Noel off the bench. And as for the other starters, they got 17 points from Jaden McDaniels in 36 minutes. He was 6 of 14 from the field. He had two threes, five rebounds, two assists, and a steal. 15 points for Malik Beasley in 39 minutes. He was only 6 of 18 from the field, but he had three threes, eight rebounds, two assists, and five points for the other two starters, Josh Akogi and Jordan McLaughlin. Akogi just played 16 minutes. He was 2 of 4 from the field in that time. He had three rebounds and two blocks. And McLaughlin in 32 minutes was only one of nine from the field, but he was plus 15 in the plus minus. That was a team high. And he had six rebounds, 10 assists, and one steal. And off the bench for the Timberwolves, besides Jalen Knoll, they also got 11 points from Greg Monroe, the backup big man. He was 5 of 9 from the field. He had 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, and a block. And 6 points from Jake Lehman in 24 minutes. All right, and next up we can move on to San Antonio, where the Spurs were defeated by the Utah Jazz 110-104. to The Jazz were led by Jordan Clarkson, who had 23 points off the bench. And they also got double-digit scoring from five other players, including 19 from Boyan Bogdanovich in the starting lineup, whereas the Spurs were led by Derek White. He had 21 points, and they got 17 from Doug McDermott. But unfortunately, more shorthanded teams here. No Donovan Mitchell for the Jazz, and no DeJounte Murray for the Spurs. So arguably, both teams missing their best players. But I think it's fair to say the Jazz are a much more deep team than San Antonio, and so they were able to take advantage of the situation. They outscored the Spurs 34-27 in the first quarter, and then they expanded that lead to double digits in the second, and they pretty much just maintained that double-digit lead throughout most of the rest of the game. The Spurs stayed within striking distance. It was always around 10 points. 
except for at the beginning of the fourth quarter when it was almost up to 20. But by the end, the Spurs had emptied their bench, and actually at the very end of the game, the Spurs went on a little bit of a run, and they cut the deficit to within double digits, the bench guys for San Antonio, but then eventually Jordan Clarkson hit a couple of free throws to help ice this game for the Jazz. So a clutch performance in the end from him, and a resilient win for Utah especially considering that they didn't have much of an advantage in terms of scoring. They were 45% from the field, which is the same as the Spurs, and the Jazz were actually only 29% from three. The Spurs were a little bit better. They were 33%, and the Jazz turned the ball over 14 times versus just nine for the Spurs. But in the paint is where the Jazz really controlled this game. They out-rebounded San Antonio 55-44. to Rudy Gobert was doing an excellent job at the rim defensively, and so with this win, the Jazz now improved to 24-9. and So they are still in third in the Western Conference, but they have the second best point differential in the entire NBA, plus 10.2. They are two games behind the Phoenix Suns in second and four games up on the Memphis Grizzlies in fourth. And the Jazz are 8-2 in their last 10 games. They're on a four-game winning streak. And as for the Spurs, this loss takes them to 14-19. and 19. So they're still in 10th in the Western Conference, one game up on the Portland Trailblazers in 11th, and one and a half games behind the LA Lakers in 9th. And the Spurs have a plus 1.7 point differential, which is actually better than the five teams ahead of them. In fact, incredibly, it's the fifth best point differential in the entire Western Conference, and they are 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Jazz, as I mentioned, were led by Jordan Clarkson. He had 23 points off the bench in 32 minutes. He was 9 of 21 from the field. He had two three-pointers, eight rebounds, five assists, and one steal. He was plus 13 in the plus-minus. That was a team high. As for the starters, they were led by Boyan Bogdanovich. He had 19 points in 29 minutes. He was 7 of 16 from the field. Just 1 of 7 from beyond the arc and 4 of 7 from the free-throw line, though. He had three rebounds and two assists. They also got 16 points and 13 rebounds from Rudy Gobert. He was 5 of 7 from the field and 6 of 6 from the free throw line. And he had 2 assists, 1 steal, and 3 blocks. And he was a starter's high plus 11 in the plus minus. 17 points for Joe Ingles inserted into the starting lineup in place of Donovan Mitchell. He was 6 of 10 from the field, 4 of 7 from beyond the arc. And he had 3 rebounds, 3 assists. 12 points for Mike Conley, the point guard. He was just 5 of 15 from the field, though. 1 of 6 from beyond the arc. He had 6 rebounds, 2 assists, and 4 steals. And 3 points for Royce O'Neal, rounding out the starting lineup. He had 5 rebounds, 1 assist, and 2 steals. And off the bench for the Jazz, besides Jordan Clarkson, they also got 13 points and 8 rebounds from Hassan Whiteside, the backup big man. He was 4 of 6 from the field. They also got 7 points from Rudy Gay against his former team in 19 minutes. And as for the Spurs, with no DeJounte Murray, they were led by Derek White. He had 21 points in 35 minutes. He was 8 of 16 from the field, 3 of 6 from beyond the arc. He had 2 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 steals, and a block. So pretty solid production from White. And he was the only starter to have a positive plus-minus. He was plus 3 in his 35 minutes. They also got 17 points from Doug McDermott in 27 minutes. He was 7 of 13 from the field. He had 3 threes, 4 rebounds, 1 assist. 13 points for Keldon Johnson in 35 minutes. He was 5 of 13 from the field. He had 7 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal. 10 points and 13 rebounds for Jakob Pertl. In 27 minutes, the big man was 5 of 11 from the field. He had 5 assists and 1 steal. And Keita Bates Giop rounding out the starting lineup in 16 minutes had just 2 points on 1 of 4 shooting. He had 1 rebound, 2 assists, 1 steal, and 1 block. 
and off the bench for the Spurs. They got 13 points from the sophomore Devin Vassell. In 29 minutes, he was 6 of 11 from the field. He had 6 rebounds and 1 three-pointer. 11 points from Lonnie Walker in 26 minutes. He was 5 of 13 from the field. He had 4 rebounds, 3 assists, although he was negative 23 in the plus-minus. That was a team low. They also got 7 points from Jock Landale, the big man. In 17 minutes, he was 3 of 8 from the field. And then in limited minutes, they also got six points from Devontae Kaycock, two from the rookie Joe Wieskamp, and two from Trey Jones, the sophomore point guard. All right, and next up we can move on to Phoenix, where the Suns were just edged by the Memphis Grizzlies, 114 to 113. The Grizz were led by John Morant. He had 33 points, including the game winner with just a second to go, and they also got 32 from the sophomore Desmond Bain, whereas the Suns were led by Devin Booker. He had 30 points, and they also got 19 from Cameron Johnson. Once again, both teams dealing with some absences. The Grizzlies were without Dylan Brooks, and the Suns were without Jay Crowder and DeAndre Ayton, so I think it's fair to say the Suns were a little bit more shorthanded here, and they were struggling as a result. It was actually the Grizzlies who were leading throughout the majority of this game. They got out to an early lead. They were leading 17-6 to with six minutes to go in the first quarter, but then the Suns rallied, and they eventually got to within one point by the end of the first quarter, and then the Grizz once again in the second started to pull away, this time at the end of the second quarter, and eventually they outscored the Suns 35-24 to in that second quarter, so they had a double-digit lead heading into the second half, which they maintained throughout the entire third quarter. In in fact, they had actually expanded upon that lead by the end of the third, with 144 left in the third quarter. It was an 89-71 advantage for the Grizzlies after Kyle Anderson hit a 14-foot pull-up jump shot. So this game was looking like it was in control for Memphis, but then the Suns came storming back in the fourth quarter. They had a rousing comeback, outscoring the Grizzlies 38-25 in the final period. It was back and forth throughout the final couple of minutes. It was a five-point game with 221 left on the clock after Cameron Johnson hit a couple of free throws. Then John Morant hit an eight-foot jumper. Then Devin Booker hit a clutch three with 148 left on the clock. Steven Adams followed that up with a two-pointer. Desmond Bain eventually hit a driving layup with 54 seconds to go that put the Grizz up by five. It was 112 to 107. But then Devin Booker came back with another clutch three-pointer, this time with just five seconds to go, and that gave the Suns their first lead of the entire second half. After being down by 18 at the end of the third, they finally took the lead with just seconds to go, so it looked like the Suns were going to complete the comeback there in Phoenix after those clutch three-pointers from Devin Booker. The only problem was there was five seconds left for John Morant to make some magic happen, and that's exactly what he did. He drove the lane with the seconds ticking down, drew contact, fell backwards, put up a last second attempt with like 0.5 seconds left on the clock and of course he nails it putting the Grizzlies up by one 114 to 113 that was the go-ahead bucket and they were able to secure this victory and so just insane shot making from Devin Booker and then John Morant this was a really exciting game the Grizzlies overall shot the ball very efficiently 51% from the field 37% from beyond the arc now they were very sloppy with the ball they turned it over 19 times versus 11 for the Suns but they also dominated Phoenix on the boards 50 to 35 so the Suns really had no business being in this game if not for the turnovers from the Grizzlies as they were much less efficient overall and so despite the sloppy play the Grizzlies got the win in the end and that's all that matters they now improve to 21 and 14 so they're still in fourth in the Western Conference they're four games behind the Utah Jazz in third and three and a half games up on the Clippers and Nuggets in fifth and sixth so the Grizz have a little bit of a cushion above and below. They've got a plus 2.5 point differential, which is fourth best in the conference. They're on a two-game winning streak now, and they're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games.
And as for the Suns, this loss takes them to 26-7. and So they are one game now behind the Golden State Warriors in first, and two games up on the Utah Jazz in third. And the Suns have a plus seven point differential still. That's third best in the entire league. And they are on a two-game losing streak now. They're seven and three in their last ten. All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Grizzlies, as I mentioned, were led by John Morant and Desmond Bain. Bain had 32. Morant had 33. Jaw was 14 of 25 from the field. He had three three-pointers, four rebounds, four assists, and two steals. He was plus 15 in the plus-minus. That was a team high. And interestingly, all five of the starters for Memphis were positive in the plus-minus, whereas all five of the players to see the court off the bench were negative. But anyways, they also got 32 from Desmond Bain, the sophomore, in 37 minutes was 12 of 22 from the field. He had six three-pointers, six rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block. They got 13 and 16 from Steven Adams, the big man. It was 4 of 5 from the field in 31 minutes. He also had 7 assists, and he was plus 14 in the plus-minus. 11 points for Jaron Jackson in 29 minutes. He was just 3 of 11 from the field. He had just 3 rebounds, 1 assist, and 2 blocks, though. And 7 points for John Conchar rounding out the starting lineup. He was 3 of 4 from the field in 34 minutes. He had 9 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 steals. And off the bench for the Grizzlies, they got six points from Brandon Clark, the backup big man, four points for Tyus Jones, the backup point guard, in 18 minutes, although he was negative 12 in the plus-minus, which was the team low. They also got six points from Killian Tilly in 19 minutes, and two for slow-mo Kyle Anderson, but he was just one of five from the field. And as for the Suns, they were led by Devin Booker. He had 30 points in 37 minutes. He was 10 of 20 from the field, 3 of 6 from beyond the arc, including those clutch buckets late. And he had 2 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks as well. They also got 13 points and 13 assists from Chris Paul. He was 4 of 13 from the field in 35 minutes. He was 0 of 3 from beyond the arc. He had 6 rebounds and 3 steals, though. They also got 19 points from Cameron Johnson in 36 minutes. He was 6 of 13 from the field. He had 4 three-pointers, 7 rebounds, and 2 steals. 10 points for Mikhail Bridges in 32 minutes. He was actually perfect from the field, 5 of 5. He had 1 rebound, 1 assist, and 1 steal. And 6 points for JaVale McGee rounding out the starting lineup in place of DeAndre Ayton. In 22 minutes, he was 3 of 4 from the field. He had 4 rebounds and 3 assists, but he was negative 17 in the plus-minus. That was a team low. Off the bench for the Suns, they got 15 points from Cameron Payne and Jalen Smith. Payne, the backup point guard, was 7 of 16 from the field in 24 minutes. He had 3 rebounds and 4 assists. And Smith, the sophomore big man, was 4 of 10 from the field in 29 minutes. He had 9 rebounds and 1 steal. He was plus 19 in the plus-minus. That was a team high. They also got 3 points from Landry Shamit in 14 minutes, but he was just 1 of 6 from the field. And 2 points from Alfred Payton, but he was 1 of 3 from the field. All right, and next up we can move on to Portland, where the Trailblazers were defeated by the Dallas Mavericks, 132-117. to The Mavs were led by Kristaps Porzingis. He had 34 points, and they also got 22 from Dwight Powell, so the big guys leading the way for the Mavericks in this game. Whereas the Trailblazers were led by Damian Lillard. He had 26 points, and they also got 20 points and 10 rebounds from Nasir Little. But once again, there was noteworthy absences, no CJ McCollum for the Trailblazers, and no Luka Doncic for the Mavericks. And the Blazers were just totally outscored, especially in the first half of this game. They were outscored 34-29 to in the first and 38-24 to in the second quarter. So the Mavericks had scored 72 points at the end of the first half. They were leading by nearly 20 points, 72-53. to So this game was pretty much a blowout. The Mavericks maintained uh, nearly a 20-point lead throughout the entire second half. 
They allowed the Blazers to cut the deficit just a little bit at the very end of the fourth quarter in garbage time, but nonetheless, this was a total blowout for the Mavericks, and they shot unsurprisingly very efficiently from the field, 57% and 36% from beyond the arc, whereas the Blazers were just 42% from the field and 30% from three. And Dallas also crushed Portland on the boards as well. So in pretty much every way, this was a dominating win for the Mavericks, despite being without their best player, Luka Doncic. And so with this win, they now improved to 16 and 17. So they're currently in seventh right now in the Western Conference, tied with the Minnesota Timberwolves in eighth, and half a game behind the Denver Nuggets and LA Clippers in fifth and sixth. They're just half a game up on the Lakers in ninth. And the Mavericks have a plus 0.1 point differential, which puts them about where they should be in the conference standings, and they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. And as for the Blazers, another disappointing loss. They now fall to 13-20, and 20, so they're all the way in 11th in the Western Conference, one game behind the Spurs in 10th, and half a game up on the Kings and Thunder in 12th and 13th. And the Blazers are just 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. They're on a two-game losing streak now, and their negative 3.3 point differential puts them exactly where they should be. It's fifth worst in the conference. So really disappointing stuff here for the Blazers. We'll see if they can turn things around once they get C.J. McCollum back, but it has not looked very encouraging for Chauncey Billups and company as of late. So anyways, we can move on now to the box score, and the Mavericks, as I mentioned, were led by the bigs, Kristaps Porzingis and Dwight Powell in the starting lineup. Porzingis had 34 points in 32 minutes. He was 12 of 21 from the field. He had three three-pointers, nine rebounds, five assists, two steals, and two blocks. Incredibly productive game for Porzingis. And they also got 22 from Dwight Powell, the big man, in 24 minutes was 9 of 11 from the field. He had three rebounds and one three-pointer. He was plus 22 in the plus-minus. That was a team high alongside Dorian Finney-Smith, who had 14 points in 34 minutes. He was 5 of 8 from the field. He had three threes, nine rebounds, five assists. They also got 14 from Jalen Brunson, still in the starting lineup. In 29 minutes, he was 6 of 12 from the field, although he was 0 of 4 from 3, but he had 4 rebounds, 9 assists, and 1 steal. And Frank Milikino, rounding out the starting lineup, had 8 points, 1 rebound, 2 assists in 23 minutes. And off the bench for the Maverick, there was a lot of garbage time, so a ton of guys saw the court, but they were led by Brandon Knight. He had 18 points off the bench, their recent acquisition. The point guard in 24 minutes was 6 of 12 from the field, and he had two threes, three rebounds, five assists, and a steal. Really good to see some of these old veterans back in the league. It's like the silver lining with all these absences in the NBA. And the Mavericks also got 9 points, 10 assists from Josh Green. He was 3 of 7 from the field. He had 4 rebounds and 2 steals as well. They also got six points from Moses Brown, the backup big man, three for Sterling Brown, two for Marquise Chris, and two for Carlick Jones. And as for the Trailblazers, they were led, as I mentioned, by Damian Lillard. He had 26 points in 36 minutes. He was 5 of 15 from the field, 3 of 8 from beyond the arc. He was 13 of 14 from the free throw line, though, and he had two rebounds, five assists, and a block, but he was negative 28 in the plus-minus. In fact, all five of the starters were at least negative 24 in the plus-minus. They were just brutal in this game as a starting unit. Although that being said, they did get 20 points and 10 rebounds from Nasir Little in 34 minutes. He was 7-14 from the field. He had two assists, two steals, and three blocks as well. So nice production from Little in the starting lineup. He's played at least 30 minutes in the last two games. 
and they also got 15 points from Norman Powell in 30 minutes. He was 3 of 12 from the field, just 1 of 7 from beyond the arc. He had 2 rebounds and 2 assists. He was negative 29 in the plus-minus, which was the team low, alongside Larry Nance Jr. He had 12 points and 5 rebounds with 3 assists. And then Tony Snell, rounding out the starting lineup, had 6 points on 2 of 3 shooting. Off the bench for the Trailblazers, they got 11 points from Anthony Simons. In 27 minutes, he was 4 of 8 from the field. They also got 7 points from C.J. Ellaby in 26 minutes. He was actually plus 20 in the plus-minus, which was a team high, and he had 4 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 steals. They also got 7 points from Brandon Williams in 7 minutes. He was perfect 2 of 2 from the field. 8 points for Greg Brown III, the rookie. 3 points for Cameron McGriff in 13 minutes. He was 1 of 5 from the field. And 2 points for Jaron Cumberland in 6 minutes. All right, and finally, we can move on to Los Angeles, where the Clippers were easily defeated by the Brooklyn Nets, 124-108. to The Clips were led by Marcus Morris. He had 24 points, and they got 15 from Eric Bledsoe, whereas the Nets were led by James Harden. He had an incredible performance, 39 points, 15 assists, and 8 rebounds. He was just masterfully controlling this game. Obviously, there was no Kevin Durant and no Paul George, so both teams quite shorthanded, but James Harden was by far the best player on the court. And so accordingly, the Nets got out to a pretty early lead. They outscored the Clippers 38-33 to in the first, and then 33-22 to in the second. So by halftime, they had already built up a comfortable 16-point lead. It was 71-55 to at the end of the first half, and then they maintained that lead. In fact, they actually expanded upon it even further in the third quarter. It was a 30-point lead for the Nets going into the final period. So the scoreline doesn't quite indicate how much of a blowout this game was because there was a lot of garbage time in the fourth quarter where the Clippers cut the lead a little bit. But nonetheless, dominating stuff here for the Brooklyn Nets. They shot incredibly efficiently, 56% from the field, 38% from beyond the arc, whereas the Clippers were just 38% from the field overall. Now, they were 37% from the three-point line, but nonetheless, the Nets were just way too good for the Paul george list Clippers to handle. And so with this win, the Nets now improved to 23-9. and So they remain at the top of the Eastern Conference, one and a half games up on the Bulls in second, two and a half games up on the Bucks in third. And the Nets have a plus 3.9 point differential, which is second best in the Eastern Conference. They're on a two-game winning streak, and they're 7-3 and in their last 10 games. And as for the LA Clippers, this loss takes them to 17 and 17. So they are currently in fifth right now in the Western Conference. They are tied with the Denver Nuggets at 500, although Denver is 16 and 16. And the Clippers are 10 and a half games off the top spot, the Golden State Warriors, three and a half games off the Memphis Grizzlies in fourth, and half a game up on the Mavericks and Timberwolves in seventh and eighth. And the Clippers are plus 0.1 in the point differential, which Puts them about where they should be in the conference standings. They are on a two-game losing streak, though. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. All right, so we can move on now to the box score. And the Nets, of course, were led by James Harden. He was just incredible. 39 points in 40 minutes. 15 of 25 from the field. 4 of 9 from 3. Perfect 5 of 5 from the free throw line. He had 8 rebounds, 15 assists, and 2 steals. And he was plus 17. Suitably, he was the team high in that regard. So just incredible stuff for James Harden, leading the way for the Kevin Durantless Brooklyn Nets. They also got 18 points from Nick Claxton and Patty Mills. Claxton was 8 of 9 from the field. He had 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 blocks. 
and Mills was red hot. He had six three-pointers. He was six of 13 overall from three. He had three rebounds, two assists, and one steal. They also got 12 points from DeAndre Bembry in 29 minutes. He was really efficient as well, six of seven from the field. He had two rebounds, five assists, one steal, and two blocks, and eight points for Bruce Brown rounding out the starting lineup. In 28 minutes, he was four of seven from the field, and he had five rebounds, one assist, and two steals. Off the bench for the Nets, they got 12 points from Blake Griffin. In 16 minutes, he was 4 of 8 from the field. He had 9 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal. They also got myriad contributions from other players due to all the garbage time. 2 points for Paul Millsap, 4 for James Johnson, 2 for James Ennis III, 6 points for the backup point guard Javon Carter, and 3 for Langston Galloway. And as for the LA Clippers, they were led by Marcus Morris. In 27 minutes, he had 24 points. He was 6 of 13 from the field overall, four three-pointers, and he was 8 of 8 from the free throw line. So as he usually does, scoring very efficiently, and he had five rebounds and six assists as well. They also got 15 points from Eric Bledsoe, although he was a team low, negative 20 in the plus minus. He had two rebounds, six assists and a steal, four turnovers. They also got 10 points from Luke Kennard in 24 minutes. He was 3 of 7 from the field. He had 3 rebounds. 9 points for the big man, Evitza Zubats, in 22 minutes. He also had 9 rebounds and 1 assist. And Terrence Mann, rounding out the starting lineup, had just 6 points in 26 minutes. And off the bench for the Clippers, they got 15 points from Keon Johnson, the rookie. In 17 minutes, he was 6 of 14 from the field. He had 2 threes, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 steals. They also got 9 points from the other rookie, Brandon Boston Jr. In 27 minutes, he was just 3 of 11 from the field, but he had 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and a steal. 8 points from Amir Coffey in 25 minutes, he was 2 of 10 from the field. 6 points from Serge Ibaka in 14 minutes, 4 for Justice Winslow, and 2 for Xavier Moon. Alright, and that will do it for our box score breakdown, so we can now move on to fantasy, the standout and surprising fantasy lines of the night. And we had several really good options for standout line. Obviously, it's going to be James Harden, but just to run through some of the other options, because there were some really good ones. DeMar DeRozan, probably the toughest omission. He had 35 points in 38 minutes for the Bulls. He was 14 of 20 from the field, so very efficient. And he also had 10 assists and 5 rebounds. He also got a nice double-double from Rudy Gobert, 16 and 13 with three blocks, 34 points and nine rebounds from Kristaps Porzingis, and he had two steals and two blocks. And then Nikola Vucevic also had a really nice double-double, 24 points, 17 rebounds, six assists and four blocks. So really good options all across the NBA, but ultimately James Harden has got to be standout line of the night. In 40 minutes, he had 39 points on 15 of 25 shooting. He had four three-pointers, eight rebounds, 15 assists, and two steals. Now, he didn't have any blocks, and he had three turnovers, but nonetheless, the efficiency is off the charts. The 15 assists is absolutely insane, and he also had eight rebounds. I mean, he just gave you a little bit of everything. So James Harden is absolutely your standout line of the night. And as for surprising line of the night, we're going to go with Nasir Little for the Portland Trailblazers. As I mentioned, this is now two games in a row where he's seen the court for at least 30 minutes. And in this game, he had the double-double, 20 points and 10 rebounds with two assists and two steals with three blocks. You'll love to see those five combined steals and blocks for Little. Now, obviously, he's probably going to lose out in terms of playing time once C.J. McCollum returns. And thankfully, his pneumothorax is recovering quite well, and he's going to be back sooner rather than later. So this might be a short-term ad for Nasir Little, but he is absolutely playing like one of the better players on this struggling Portland Trailblazers team at the moment. All right, so that'll do it for fantasy, so we can now move on to our preview for tonight, Tuesday, December the 28th. 
And we have eight games on in the NBA today, starting off in Orlando. The Magic are taking on the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Bucks are big favorites. They are minus 12 and a half. In Toronto, the Raptors take on the Philadelphia 76ers, and Philadelphia is minus six and a half. In Miami, the Heat take on the Washington Wizards, and the Heat are minus six. In Minnesota, the Timberwolves face the New York Knicks, and the Knicks are minus five. In Houston, the Rockets are taking on the LA Lakers, and the Lakers are minus five. In New Orleans, the Pelicans take on the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Cavs are minus five and a half. In Golden State, the Warriors are taking on the Denver Nuggets, and the Warriors are minus seven. And finally, in Sacramento, the Kings are taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Kings are minus six. All right, so some intriguing lines here, to be sure. I'm kind of uh, tempted by several different ones. Ultimately, we've just got one best bet, but... I was tempted by the Minnesota Timberwolves plus five at home for the New York Knicks just because the Knicks don't really inspire a ton of confidence at the moment. They've been playing a little bit better recently, uh, and this is the second night of a back-to-back for the Timberwolves, but nonetheless, they looked so encouraging in that previous game against the Celtics, and they have home court advantage, but nonetheless, it is the Timberwolves, and they are very shorthanded, so I don't really want to go with them. I was also very tempted by the Houston Rockets plus five at home versus the LA Lakers. Similar kind of uh, reasoning here, the opponent, the Lakers have been playing very poorly, and yet the home team is big underdogs. That's always intriguing to me, but the Rockets have been really bad recently. It seems like that hot run of form that they were on earlier in the season has sort of fizzled out, and they're back to their losing ways, so I can't really in good conscience go with the Rockets. And then I'm also always intrigued by the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're just such a fun team to root for right now. They've got the best point differential by far in the Eastern Conference, and they're minus five and a half in New Orleans, but I'm not going to go with this one either because A, the Pelicans have been playing a lot better recently, and B, the Cavaliers are still a bit shorthanded. So ultimately, we're just going to go with one best bet for today, and it's going to be the Oklahoma City Thunder, plus six in Sacramento. Now, I really don't understand this line at all. The Thunder have been playing much better than the Kings lately. They're six and four in their last 10 games, whereas the Kings are three and seven in their last 10, and they're on a three-game losing streak. The Thunder won their previous game, and OKC is hot on Sacramento's heels in the conference standings. They are both 14 and a half games off the top spot in the West, but the Kings have played two more games. So I think the Thunder can absolutely win this game and overtake the Sacramento Kings for 12th in the Western Conference. I just think that they've been playing a lot better recently, and so I'm going to confidently take the Oklahoma City Thunder plus six in Sacramento. And that will do it for us today. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to follow the show on social, we are at NBA Recap Pod, or you can just search YouTube or Smart Speakers for NBA Recap Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to recap all eight of those games and to preview the action for Wednesday, December the 29th. Until then, thanks for tuning in.